You're listening to Messes to Successes, a behind-the-scenes look at the strategies, tools, and insights that have taken businesses of all sizes from losing to winning with serial business builder Walden Fenster. For a VIP experience with Walden and the Venture Studios team, visit VentureStudios.com slash podcast. There you'll get access to a huge vault of resources, including free business training, consulting, and an inside look at how to grow a successful business. Welcome to Messes to Successes. Thanks so much for joining us today. And on this week's episode, we want to get into something that has been a just, it's an issue that every business owner or would-be business owner deals with on some level. It's the question on every entrepreneur's lips, staffing. (laughs) Who do I need to hire? Why do I need to hire? Who can I contract in? And our host today, serial entrepreneur, Walden Fenster. Walden, you've worked with many entrepreneurs who are what we call single shingles. They work by themselves, for themselves. But as we've talked about on the podcast before, that's impossible to scale. If it's just me, it's just me. I can't scale me. Uh, That business will never grow. So if you want to grow your business, if you want to hire other, you have to hire other people to do the work, but that creates other headaches. So first of all, what are the core staff positions that every business or most businesses need to operate? Nice. Softball pitch. Just kidding. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the, the things that I really look for in like headaches, headaches are the things that need removed, <laughs> you know? So if, if I'm constantly in my email, if I'm constantly playing with my calendar, doing all these things, like I can tell you right where I need to find a VA for, you know, like it's a headache, you know, it's costing me time and money because I'm spending time doing it when I should be out growing a business and developing it out, you know? So like I look for headaches that are bottlenecks that are costing people time and money to start. After that, I just look at where they're wasting time or wasting money, you know, but it just, the places that you're wasting time and money, it's just, it's, it's almost like a disgusting feeling once you start to see them, you know? So like if I knew that I could go hire a VA for five to $10 an hour and they could manage all my calendars, all my emails, make sure everything was where it needed to be, get me on every single meeting that I needed to be on and just overall like handle my travel, my bookings, everything for like five to $10 an hour. Like that's, that's 50 to $80 a day, part-time to full-time. That's, that's roughly what, like maybe 400 bucks a week or $1,600 a month, you know, like, but now if I was spending let's say five to 10 hours, maybe even more a week, like on those tasks or whatever I was doing and spending on it, or if I was spending the same amount of time, like that could have equated to hundreds of thousands, millions of dollars in revenue just by hiring a VA to free up my time to focus on other things. So like when I start to look at like things, I just, nothing's too small to overlook. If I can if I can look at it and say, well, I could go get one person and they could eliminate all of these heartaches and headaches over here. Like, of course, it makes more sense to go hire that person so that I'm not focused on it. I know in my heart, my head that those jobs are getting done. And now it allows me to focus elsewhere on things that are actually making money instead of costing money. You know, so those are the places that I look. Usually it's the first off that most things that most people need to do is hire a VA. Like they hire an assistant, they get a secretary to free up their time. After they do that, now they're looking at more the the lower roles. They're looking at like the the social media managers. They're looking at 
email marketers are looking at jobs that they shouldn't be spending time doing unless that's their natural born skill set. So like if I'm an amazing content writer and copywriter, I should be writing my copy and content because my heart is going to come out in the words different. You know, whereas if like myself, I'm a terrible content writer, so I do not write content. <laughs> so that's the position that I hire out. But now like I can hire out, I have full trust in the people writing my content full, like just everything I know. I know the job's getting done and I know it's better getting done better than how I could have done it. That's what I look for. And when I'm hiring for different spots and things, because like, I'm not a good project manager, you know, like just at the end of the day, I'm good at selling the job, building the vision, stepping in, consulting, giving people the pan and the or the pan and the path. But when it comes to emotional butt padding and being a project manager, that is just not meant for me. Like, <laughs> like, so of course it makes more sense to go hire a project manager, part-time, full-time, whatever it is, and come up with your numbers and your strategy and your procedures so, so that you say every two to three clients that come in, I'm going to hire a brand new project manager and train them so that they're only having to run two to three clients at a time. So that everybody's getting that emotional butt padding that they require if they're paying five, 10, six figures for something, you know? So it's just it makes more sense for to hire those people and not to. So those are my like little quick little tidbits on hiring. <laughs> so if I'm thinking about a, a virtual assistant, a VA, mm-hmm. as you mentioned, and I want to offload as many of my low, the, the tasks that don't make me money. Yeah. Because, for, you know, for like you mentioned, a content writer, when that person is writing content, they are generating income. When they are emailing clients, zero income is changing hands at that point. They are not earning anything for booking their own travel. Okay, so those, those tasks that don't produce income. What, give me maybe a breakdown of, of what kinds of tasks would you assign to a virtual assistant? What kinds of skills are you looking for for that person to have? Well, nowadays, like, it's, it's taking the next steps because like, like there's software and systems out there that like one password so that your password... You don't even have to give them a password, but now they have access to use your cards on file. They can access things. So like, like VAs can now like pretty much run and handle your, your schedule and calendar. So like, for an example, there's like a, there's a whole on, there's whole on like groups that all they do is go after and hire and train a VA for you, place them. And then they only get paid if they're successful. (laughs) So like, like, but they're hiring and training VAs to then place them with other companies. So whether they're US based or whether they're overseas and maybe the Philippines or Indonesia or somewhere over there, like, like that is serious English speaking, but those are, that's kind of where you start to draw the line is, is if, if you're going after a position for a VA that there's a lot of interaction with your clients, with your customers, like whoever they're inter- interacting with, uh, you, you want that to be a good experience. So you're going to want that to be you want those people to be spoken to in their na- native language and native tongue. Like, no offense, but like people that speak English to English, they have a better interaction than if I'm asking a German person to talk to an Indian person to talk to an American. <laughs> like, it's like you're playing a telephone game, and there's just it's just a bad experience. So, like, if there's if there's that type of requirement, you're going to have to pay a little bit more because you're going to have stateside like local like VAs from the States right here, you know, more than likely. But now if you go the route of, Hey, just manage my calendar, make sure I'm on every meeting. Your only engagement is going to be me. You're going to 
basically book out my travel. You're going to make sure that I, like everything, every time somebody emails me, they get a response. Every time somebody pings me on Facebook, you're going to respond like so that everybody always feels heard. That can be done with a, a lower level like VA in the States or a higher paid VA and elsewhere. So like most VAs, like if you start to look at the Philippines or overseas, India, you're looking at like basically the six to $12 range an hour. Like, and that's like really good money at the conversion rate. So like for that same amount of time that would have cost you a ton of your own time and money, these people could be running your life for you. So, so there's, I hear two different levels of skill one that's customer facing and one that's not customer facing. And so there's, there's different rates of pay that are available, uh, higher values for those skill sets. Yeah. And we, so like we've built calling departments, we've built um, customer email service agencies. Like we, we've built a number of different things with freelancers or with VAs or contractors from other countries. So like if, if I'm building out a calling department, I'm using higher level people because they're going to be verbally communicating with the client. If we're building out more of like a, a help desk or a support desk where it's all email based or chat based or whatever, I can go with a lower level of communication on the English front, you know? So like it does change pricing spectrum every time you throw in there that they have to be fluent in English, you know, like, so it just, it changes on the VA side. So there's, it's just, I, I, and there's, it comes back to a principle that I've done webinars on. I love the principle. It's it's one of the key like linchpins in like allowing your business to get three times the results twice as fast. And it's the concept of the who versus the how. So I normally advise people the first person they should hire is a VA. You know, like but most people that listening to this podcast are not solopreneurs or startups. Most of them are either business owners or they have employees. They have people like that. So. I'm not going to sit here and preach hire a VA if you already have a staff of 20 people. <laughs> like in some cases, you still need a VA. I'm not going to I'm not going to lie to you. Sometimes you just need somebody to manage your email account because messages are getting dropped. So like there's still value in it, even if you have 20, 30, 100 employees. But the true underpinning concept here is the who versus the how. It's figuring out who can do the job better than you, instead of like figuring out how to do it. So if I'm starting to go through a process, go through a new strategy, go through a new business development like funnel or a strategy or figure out like how we're going to grow this business from 5 million to 50 million, I'm not sitting in there trying to figure out how I'm going to do it because I'm not going to be able to do it everything. I'm, I, can't, I can't build all the websites. I can't build all the funnels. I can't write all the copy. I can't handle the print. I can't handle the, the whatever, the onboarding process, the exit, the offboarding process. I, I can't handle it all. What I can handle, though, is hiring the who. I can go out and find a true expert at specific things. So I can go figure out a true expert at sales funnels, a true expert at email marketing, a true expert at uh, manufacturing or supply chain management. Like, I can find those experts, and I can pay them really well to do their job really well. But then I don't have to do it. But th what that does and what that allows you to do in mindset and also in the bank account in most cases it start to scale up and grow up and level up because now instead of you having to focus on doing all these things and the how behind it, now you're focused on, okay, well, this person does this, 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 and this, and this, like this is where they overlap. These are where these people come in. 
you're, you're getting the right people around you. You're building the right team on the right system. So now you're able to scale and duplicate. So like without that, you're just a solopreneur managing a ton of people, which is a recipe for a disaster. Yeah, that gets to be a mess very quickly. Um, the, yeah. <laughs> uh, the, the root of my first business failure was I needed a virtual assistant. It usually is. It's usually overlooked. It's, it's like, it's one of those small things that is overlooked. And it's like, man, it's, it's one of those huge things because like, so one of my first businesses, like I told myself, and this is a, this is an example of like, just don't, don't step over dollars to pick up pennies. Like it's the worst, like go into mindsets like this of saying, well, how I can't afford not to do this. Like, like my first, one of my first eye-opening experiences in business was like, I, I opened a like office. I opened an office that I didn't need, but what it showed me is I could pay two to three to five grand a month in an office space. <laughs> so, okay, now I don't need the office space, but what am I going to do with that five grand? Where can I use it to build and grow business? You know? So, but it put me in the mindset of, it, it's not the fact that I can't afford it or I shouldn't buy it. It's just, it's putting me in the mindset of, yes, I can do it. And this is how and why I can do it. This is because now looking at a VA, it, it's looking at it saying, I can't afford not to do this. I have to do this because it's going to free up my time. It's somebody that I'm going to pay four to $500 a month, $250 biweekly. Most people spend that eating out. You know, like as an entrepreneur, like when I was first starting my first businesses, I was going out, I was networking, I was like going after hours, I was partying with like just just trying to get my name built up, all these things. I know for a fact I was spending like $500 a night in some situations, you know, but that $500 I could have bought like a whole month worth of time with the VA, which now would have freed up my time by like 20 hours a week, maybe more. And it's just, it's frustrating to look back on things that were so small and so overlooked and saying, and like, yeah, I had the money and it pushed me in the mindset of like, I know I have the money and I know I can afford it, but why am I not doing it? You know, and even if I was tight on cash, like right now, let's say I had to start over from zero and like, I would go find a way to be able to afford a VA. Even if I had to barter service or do whatever, I need somebody to run my day-to-day life. Like, it's just like, there's too much stuff that I'd get missed if I didn't. You're listening to the Messes to Successes podcast with serial business builder Walden Fenster. This week, we're talking about staffing. And I've talked to many entrepreneurs, myself included, who come to that place where they say, I can't afford to hire help, but I can't afford not to hire help. And you say that you're actually at the, I can't afford not to hire help place before you think you are. Yep. So usually like when you're scaling or even just struggling to keep the doors open, you have to you have to sit back and know what your time's worth and know where you need to be growing the business. So whether you're scaling and you're trying to go from that one to 10 mil mark or that 10 to 50 or whatever that crazy multiplier is that you're trying to scale by, like more than likely you should have already had the people hired in place to hit that mark. You know, so and if you're struggling and maybe it's just you or maybe it's a small team and just you, but like overall, you need to be doing exactly what you're really good at. It's the who versus the how. It's figuring out how am I going to actually keep my doors open or how am I going to succeed or how am I going to scale? 
great. Which things that I know that I'm like an expert at, where can I step in and be the best at? And where can I like ultimately like give my time, give my energy, give my health and wellness and my money to growing this individual spot and where I should ultimately hire. Because like at the end of the day, like if, if you're spending all your time fixing things, you're not out there getting cash flow. You're not out there and cash flow is king in business. You're not out there getting sales or growing business or developing relationships. You're stuck in doing whatever you're doing. That's not being productive, you know, or not like actually generating the results that you need to scale or keep your doors open. Okay. Well, let's talk to the entrepreneur then who has a skill set, and let's say they can charge um, $50 an hour for the thing that they do, but it doesn't leave any margin for them to hire somebody else. They say, well, you know, I need all that, you know, that $50 all comes to me when you take taxes out and everything else. Now I'm really making about $35 an hour. I couldn't possibly afford to hire someone to be my assistant, how much do we really need to put into getting that help? How much time does that person actually need? Is it, do we need to hire somebody at 40 hours a week or can we do with less? What is that margin? So aim small, miss small, right? So start small and grow and like as you expand. So like it doesn't have to be going and hiring a 40 hour per person, you know, like per week. You know, you, you could start small. You could get somebody just to help you out for an hour or two hours a day. Like my wife is the master of this in the household. You know, like she realizes that with three kids, with us doing everything we do business-wise and travel-wise and all these things, like, and she has her own business. She has her own podcast. She has her own like everything. So like she's a very busy person. Her time is not spent doing dishes cleaning, doing all these things. Like we can go hire somebody for 10 to $12 an hour to clean, do dishes, do laundry. Like her time is worth way more than that. So it's having that realization of like, yes, I can bill. So if I was going out and consulting, like if I wanted to go invoice and consult for 250 to $500 an hour, like if I wanted to do that, but instead I was tied up building a, a sales funnel or, on a customer service call or managing a project, like for one to two to four to eight hours a day, I could have just lost four grand a straight profit. You know, like, like you have to start to look at the numbers and evaluate, okay, yeah, it, it sucks. I have to pay this person $500, but does it really suck? <laughs> you know, or I mean, we use $500 as just kind of the, the average for like a good VA for part-time a month. So like, you don't have to start that high. If your business is just starting out, if you're just growing, if you're just getting going, and even $100 is tight, then great. That's 10 hours per month, roughly, on a high end. That means it's two and a half hours a week. That's 30 hours a working day or 30 minutes a working day that that person could be working for you. So in that 30 minutes, what's your hourly rate worth? If you're billing at $50 an hour, that means like... Where, where are you at now? You know, you just, you just saved another half an hour. So you should have made another $25. Like, so the numbers are going to start making more sense. The more you actually start diving into it and looking at, yeah, great. I had to go hire this person, but now I have an extra 30 minutes a day or an extra hour and a half a day or eight hours a day or 10 hours a day. But the true masters of leverage and scaling have figured out that I'd rather like leverage 10,000 people's other eight hours and give me 80,000 hours a day to work with rather than working my eight hours a day or my 24 hours a day. Like I know that I like 
this might sound crazy, but there's people out there that have teams of work, people working 24 seven on the bigger scale. You know, they could have a thousand to 10,000 people. That means that they're going through 24,000 to 240,000 hours a day in manual labor or labor put towards a project. Not one person could do that. But like, that's a quarter million hours that just got paid for by a product. But like, think about how many projects of that or products those people are probably creating at that labor rate. So it's just, it's, it's knowing your numbers. It's coming back to it because your profit zone and your cash flow will show you if you should leverage up or leverage down. But like, start small, start to add on time as you go. So the more familiar and the more comfortable you get with this person, if you start with the VA or if you start with a tech person or if you start with a marketer or whoever, hire somebody, start them small, let them prove themselves, build up some trust, build up some rapport, and then start to leverage up to full-time. You know, never, in my opinion, if you're first starting out, never go straight to full-time. It's too big of a commitment for both people. So. so talk to me about the difference between when I reached that point where I could hire somebody full-time, mm-hmm. at what point should I continue or what are the roles where I should continue to contract and what are the roles mm-hmm. that it's better to have somebody on my team permanently or full-time? That's a good question. So like the the stat that is floating around out there right now that Harvard did, there's been a couple other people like verify, but uh, the most profitable businesses spend less than 30% of their revenue on employees. So meaning know your numbers, but that's, that's where truly successful people sit is between the 20 to 30% going back to employee cost or contractor cost. Like I said on a lot of episodes, I'm not a lawyer or a financial expert, so don't sue me or take my advice legally or financially because I don't want to be sued. But if I were you, <laughs> I would stick to that same principle of putting about 30% of my revenue back into employee costs so that I know that I'm sitting right about that right range. And if I start to see that number creep up higher and higher and higher, but the revenue is not matching it or the, the profit zone is not matching it, it means that we're hiring too many people. It means that we have too many people working. It means we need to back that number back down uh, or figure out what system or process that we need to isolate and fix to make them all more efficient and making more money so then the percentages level back out. So like that's that's a huge number I look for. Uh, there, there's a couple other smaller numbers that you can like track and maintain, but it's it's got to be about cash flow and your your. Um, accounts receivable department because that's those numbers and Gary V hits on this hard, 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 hard. And he says that out of all the numbers out there, just track the accounts receivable because it's going to show you if you're stagnant, if you're growing, if you're developing. So the way I like, to, I like to kind of merge both the principles together. It's looking at forecastable payroll and it's looking at my accounts receivable so that I can start to see trends over time of when we have way when we're way overstaffed or when we have way too much stuff going on or when we are about to see an influx and we might need some more people because of that that 70 30 profit margin or that 70 30 revenue margin we hear talk lately about the gig economy oh. and having more contractors and fewer um, staff 
or employee positions where you have to have uh, benefits and there's payroll and there's different levels of, so I have 1099 contractors, I have W-2, I guess is probably the best way to distinguish between them. Where do you draw that line? What what are the roles that need to be W-2 and the ones that need to be 1099? (laughs) Yeah, no, that's a, it's a great question because if you, if you're looking at liability and risk wise, it makes a hundred times more sense to go contractor. Like, at the end of the day, you're, you're not having to pay taxes. You're not having to do a whole bunch of stuff that you normally would if you had employees. Legally, like there's been a few people that have advised me that if you are legally set up in a state and you have like a contractor in that state, you should hedge your bets and actually make them an employee. So meaning like if you're, if you're operating out of Florida and you have like a majority, not even a majority, like let's just say uh, like 30% or 40% of your staff is out of Florida. Those people more than likely should be employees, not contractors. So like that's just legal. People do things differently than I do in my head because they understand Latin and I don't, and they understand law and I don't. So like there's different things legally that I know that you have to be careful of when drawing the contractor employee line, especially in a gig economy. When you're starting to look at um, people forcing certain work hours, for, forcing meetings, forcing um, like apparel, like how you dress, you know, like there's different things that if they force like those routes, then they're becoming more of an employee and not a contractor. So like, it's just, there's little things that lawyers will advise you not to do or to do to make sure that you're legally covered in all those cases. Um, either way, like I, I definitely lend like lean towards and, um, and I'm an advocate for contract work and like ultimately, uh, it allows you to grow and scale as you need instead of like being locked in. So when you get to a certain size, I'm thinking like in most numbers, it's right around the the 25 to maybe 50 million mark. Uh, that's when you're going to have fixed like employees, fixed payrolls, fixed everything and really be hammering that home as you're growing and as you're developing, do as much of it as possible with contractors and consultants. Like it's just, it's, it's easier. It becomes more of a, like, it's just, it's, it takes some of the stress and risk away. So like, you're not locked into like a humongous payroll every single month, you know, like you're locked into saying, Hey, like, let's say things are tight. Like, yeah, I might have to push your, your invoice because they're not, they're not payroll. I might have to push your invoice and pay it back in the next two weeks, you know, or whatever. But like you have more flexibility in pay, you have more flexibility in what you're asking them to do. It's more contract based. It's more project based. Like there's just a ton of extra little things in there. And it's about the little things in most cases, but a ton of little like advantages that come with being contract consultant rather than um, on the inside of employee. You're listening to the Messes to Successes podcast with serial business builder Walden Fenster. Um, so, Walden, if I'm a, uh, a business owner and I want to talk about uh, optimizing my staffing, whether that's contracting or, or W-2 employees, what are some of the services that you offer, the resources you offer to help um, business owners optimize staffing specifically? And if you've been listening long enough, like I'm always going to push people to the fit call because um, you, you might think you have an HR need. You might think you have a uh, operations need. You might think you have all these things where I could literally just get on the call with you. And if it's as simple as just 
giving you one little tidbit, pointing in one direction, just like doing it. I'm just going to do it. I just want to see people succeed. So like schedule the fit call, get on with me. Let's, let's walk through what you're going through and make sure that it's actually a good fit for us to look at exploring other options of solutions. So, I mean, we, we offer multiple different levels of consulting and training and just different styles of C-level leadership. Um, on a previous episode, we talked about like the CTO role and basically what that entails. Like we also have chief marketing officers. We have COOs, which are like operations officers and executive officers where we'll step in and completely run your business for you for a set cost every single month. So like we have different tiers and different levels of different things. So if you start to look at staffing, you're looking more on the operations side, you're looking more on the HR side. So we're coming in, we're doing a full employee like overview or full contractor overview, figuring out who's important to your job, figuring out who's not, figuring out which vendors need cut or renegotiated. But we're stepping in, we're, we're evaluating all of the operations. But the biggest piece of that is the team. So we're stepping into the team role and figuring out if there is ways to thin down the team or expand the team or figuring out different ways to repurpose the team to really get to that next level in scalable growth. But that that's our like we 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 offer that. But I mean our main thing is that fit call is going to tell us if you're the right fit or not. If you if you need something and I can just answer it, I'm just going to answer it. You know, if you have a question or if I can point you in the right direction, I will. But like overall the like the overall solution more than likely if your business is between the the one to ten million a mark or the the right around the 25 to 30 million mark is more than likely a, a COO for higher style of position where we step in and help you build out that whole team, that foundation, the tech, the systems to manage them all, like everything. So like that's, that's really where a COO for higher position would step in. Awesome. And where can people find out more about that, uh, that fit call? Yeah. In fact, don't you offer a little bit of a, a benefit to folks who find it uh, through the podcast? I do. So our fit calls, you can go to the website and book them out. Uh, they, they normally an hour of time and I hit on this early is four ninety seven. So if you're a podcast listener, or you're coming to us for that first initial fit call. We discount it down to free. <laughs> so it's free 99. Uh, and it literally costs you nothing to get on the phone, schedule some time to talk more about what's going on. Just, where if you're having hurdles in a certain area if you need direction if you need help with strategy or boosting up revenue whatever it is whatever those issues are that you're going through we can address them on that fit call we can figure out if i can just give you a simple piece of advice a simple nugget that you might have overlooked to take your business to that next level or whether it's like hey like i've seen this before these this is what you need to do like i'm in that realm i'm not going to coach you i'm going to consult you like i'm not going to say all right, let's push through this. What, where do you feel like you need to do this? Like, how do you, how should you do that? Am I going to coach you? I'm going to consult with you. I'm going to step in and be that surgical instrument and say, this is exactly what you need to do. If you want to see results, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I never do like just be open with me. Cause it allows me to be open with you. And it gives everybody a much better experience. Like if you're honest and open with where you're at in business and where you want to be at in business. So I can make more educated and more like ideal, like just connections in what's happening in your business. Because if I don't know the true story, 
then you're not going to get the true strategy that you need. So like, it's just, you got to be open, but you got to make that call. Fantastic. Uh, and again, you can learn more about the fit call and about all of Venture Studios uh, resources for staffing and, uh, and, and operational questions at VentureStudio.com. Uh, I'm not sure how you found the podcast today. Welcome. I'm glad you found us. But however you found us, be sure to stop by and become a part of our community on Facebook or LinkedIn. We have a lot of entrepreneurs and business owners and, uh, and, and people who are thinking about business and have, have great ideas. And they're all getting together. They're sharing ideas in both of those communities on Facebook and LinkedIn. So please be a part of the conversation there. Uh, bring your questions, bring your comments. What, if there was something that you heard here that you want to know more about, uh, be sure to, to tell us about that on Facebook or LinkedIn. But in the meantime, I uh, hope you have a fantastic week. God bless you, and we will look forward to talking to you next time. You've been listening to Messes to Successes, a podcast by Venture Studios. To get access to resources including free business training, consulting, and an inside look at growing a business, visit VentureStudio.com. This weekly podcast is produced and hosted by Walden Fenster, directed and edited by Chad Ketcher. Copyright 2019. Be sure to follow us on Facebook or LinkedIn and get new episodes every Wednesday wherever you find podcasts.